G'day guys, Jay here with another episode of Pesty Profiles, uh, the podcast where we get up close and personal with our fellow pesties and joining me once again as guest host, not only the president of the Professional Women in Australian Pest Management, but also my beautiful wife, the Nikki Turner. How are you, darling? I'm good, thanks, darling. Looking forward to our next guest, so yes. let's get into it. I'm yes. excited. Our, uh, our third uh, winner of the Pest Manager of the Year Awards. Yep. Um, so we've done Tom Aldridge um, and... Uh, Oh, Steve Olver. Yep. And then now we're going into the uh, micro category, so that gives away how, who our guest is going to be. Um, so we've got David Arnold from Pest Doctors Brisbane in Queensland. How are you, David? I'm well, thanks, guys. Thank you so much for the opportunity to come on today and talk to you guys and fellow pesties. Cool, cool, cool. Um, so firstly, mate, big congratulations on winning the micro category in, in this year's Pest Manager of the Year Awards. Thank you. It's a great opportunity and one that we've sort of been involved with for many years and we were very humbly honoured to have won it and it sort of shows what we've done over the last three years being in business. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's cool. And we'll, and we'll get into that and we'll start talking about that um, as we go. But um, but firstly, um, look, none of us ever leave school to become pest controllers. We either fall into it or we're born into it and you're one of the, the handful that are actually born into it. Um, tell us about your story, mate, and how you become to where you are now. I am, and I'd be I'd be lying if I told you it was my absolute dream job. So it all started when I was in school, and I was never one of the most highly academic students out there, which we can all probably relate to. I enjoyed woodwork and working with my hands, and my aspiration was actually to be a builder. So don't shoot me for that, but um, that was where I wanted to go, and it didn't work out through school. So we looked at school-based traineeships and because I didn't have a car, I couldn't get out to job sites and do that. So it ended up, Dad said, oh, why don't you come out and work for us and help us? So that was back in 2004. So just, just of, backtrack there, just yep. for the listener's benefit, um, yep. your dad had a pest control company. Yep. So my father owns a business on the Sunshine Coast and he's owned it for many years. He'd be a second or he's a started in WA, um, managed a business there for probably 10 plus years, come over to Brisbane and managed a business in Brisbane and then started his own on the sunny coast. Um, and so that, that's his background in the industry. Yep, and that's the termite doctors. It is. Yep, all right, cool. Uh, continue on. So from there, we sort of, that was 2004 and it was something that I went, oh, I don't know if this is what I wanted to do for the rest of my life, but I was making good money when I came out of school more than what my mates were being apprentices and trainees. So I sort of stuck with it, grew a bit of a passion and from there it sort of led into about nine years working with dad, sort of working our way up Um, and then it come to a point where it was, time for me to investigate what else was in the big wide world of pest control so i actually went and worked for a multinational um and i enjoyed that time there which was only fairly short but i saw the opportunity to actually join a chemical supplier um and i actually put in the ad process for that and was still fairly young at this point and didn't expect it to go where where it did um but i actually got appointed as the queensland northern territory sales manager for basf so, which is a great opportunity, and I did that for five years, which was wonderful and a great eye opener. Um, and it's a little bit different. And I might even let you ask a few questions on that yet now, Jay, if you want, because I know you're itching to know about my time <laughs> when I was there. So, <laughs> well, well, first off, I'm fascinated because 
most people get into pest control, start their own business, and then decide that they want to get off the tools, and then they become a sales rep. But you've done it sort of pretty much sort of a little bit either, I guess, um, fast tracked or yep. gone reverse almost. Yep. So we sort of did it in the early stage. So we were probably oh, ten or eleven years into into the industry at that stage. So I was still in my twenties. So even taking that job, so working for a massive multinational like BASF was one of the best things I ever did and opened my eyes and we always hear the questions come out, oh, was it a cushy job? And I can honestly put my hand on my heart and take my hats off to every other sales manager that it is a highly stressful job and you have to deliver on things and there's a lot in the back end. So it's not just beautiful roadshows that most people see us at and then calling on people. There's a lot in the back end that goes into those roles and it was magical for my development and also helping businesses grow. So at that stage, our main focus was really around termites. We were able to really offer people some great advice and solutions around termidor, and it also allowed me to look at the research and development on some of the other things that were coming through. And at that stage, that was looking at termidor HE, Trelona, which are obviously all in the market now. So we sort of worked with those up in Townsville, and I had a lot of opportunities with BASF and my team that were there at that stage were amazing. Um, and the team that's still there now is great and still offers me support on different things from technical aspects with their own products. That would have been an absolute amazing learning curve and just resource for you. I'm so jealous. I'm just jealous yeah. that you got the work side by side with Scott Kleinsmith. Yeah, and I still am. I still pinch he has myself a man and crush still on him. I'm yeah, sure he does. So, and, and I'm still blessed because we we only live about ten minutes away from each other. So even now, after that, we still are in contact frequently, and I still pick his brain on things. And to his credit, he still rings me and picks my brain on things too. So he's not a not a one trick pony, and he always wants that knowledge. And that's hats off to his credit and why he's made it so far. And he's that guru on termites for in my eyes. Yeah, I, I love Scotty. Absolutely love him. Um, and I'm, I'm going to get him on this podcast soon. So, Scotty, when you listen to this, stay tuned. I yeah, might actually good. leave that one. I don't think I'll get a word in on that podcast. No. So I'll just leave them to them to do it. It might even be something that you strap yourself in for two hours, I'd say, for that. So. I'd say so. <laughs> um, all right, so... Yeah, and I must admit too, when um, when I heard you got uh, appointed as a um, as a rep with BASF, where you joined the BASF team, I thought, wow, you know how how young you were at that time. Um, yeah. And, and I openly admit that I had my reservations, but um, but obviously when you know uh, at the road, seeing you at the road shows and um, seeing your progress, yeah, mate, you you stepped into those shoes and filled those shoes, um, you know, exceptionally well. Um, Thanks, mate. It's yeah. a, it was a, it is a very daunting thing, and it is to anyone who jumps into those roles. So, going from never doing public speaking to yeah. standing up at road shows to talking to fifty people, and then standing up at rapids conferences in front of five hundred, six hundred people. So, it all changes as time goes on, and we were presenting to national boards and uh, US um, colleagues that would come over and it's it's a massive growth and if anyone ever gets the opportunity it's an amazing opportunity um, it is fought with a lot of a lot of fears and there's a, there is a lot of hard work in it but what you get from putting in that hard work is amazing for your own growth yeah okay um, all right so after BSF well, firstly why did you leave end up leaving BSF? So that was one thing with that role was a lot of travel. So 
we sort of assessed that it was time for us to start a family and we've got two beautiful kids now. We've got a four-and-a-half-year-old son and a four-month-old daughter. So that was sort of our aspirations was more to focus on family and not travel as much and that was a sad point with that. It was probably just the wrong point in my career for that and that's why I sort of sadly stood out of that role and it wasn't an easy decision but it was more about our own personal family at that point was just sort of starting that family and really I don't take look back and I love the decision we made and I love my kids dearly and my beautiful partner so that's part of life. Yeah but you're home every night mate. Exactly and that's the difference now and I've still talked to a lot of the different sales reps at different different companies and I don't know how they do it with young kids I I couldn't. I missed out on too many milestones from doing nights and working early, um, but I could never go away for a week or two at a time with young kids. Yeah. Just as an insight, what sort of percentage would would you spend away from home as a sales rep? Um, it probably juggled. So initially it wasn't obviously as much. Um, as our roles sort of grew, we'd, we'd sort of take on different areas, but I was yeah. probably away – Oh, maybe 50, 60% of my time. Because I'm thinking Queensland, Northern Territory, there's a lot of ground. Yeah, it is. And it started to go into Northern, uh, into New Zealand. Um, Obviously, there was a lot of internal meetings as the business changed. Um, I was lucky enough to go up into Asia Pacific um, and do some things up there. So it's kind of every time it was sort of week on, week off where you'd pack your suitcase, get home or leave home on a Sunday to be somewhere for a Monday and get back home Friday night. And sometimes we were washing our clothes and throwing them straight back in and get ready to get on the plane Sunday afternoon again. So there was some beautiful times with it, but it definitely takes a a toll on the body and on the mind as well with that much trouble. Um, I know me and Nicky got a bit of an insight into it. Um, Back in 2019, uh, Nicky was invited to join the Pest Tech Roadshow um, yep. as part of the um, PWAPM. And, um, yeah, I, I was just... I don't know how they do it. I was exhausted no. after, after two. <laughs> yeah. And once you've done the week and it starts blurring in the other and then you get a few of the other trade conferences in there and the, I got, I got the into, annual um, ones. <laughs> Adelaide Airport and they said yep. to me, oh, where are you going? And I looked at Jay and said, where are we? I can't, yeah. I can't even remember what airport we're in. Yep. Yeah. Because what it's... everyone doesn't realise is that you basically spend the morning or that night travelling to that, the destination to where the event's going to be. You get yep. to the actual event, you stand there and you talk all day to, yep. you know, 100 pest, other pesties, right? Then they expect you to go out on the drinks that night um, yep. and you stay up late and then you move on to the next destination the next day only to do it all yep. over again. Whereas these pesties that are seeing you, you know, at yeah. that one venue they're only just that day you've been doing it yep. day after day after day and you've got to back it up every day oh, yeah i was just and it's trying to do your job in between too so yeah that doesn't change you've still got your your weekly targets that need to be done and so many things that need to be followed up that are sort of happening in between those meetings and when you see the guys sitting at the back of the room on their computers it's not them being rude it's them trying to get the work done because they don't get time to catch up that week. Yeah. So, and it's not it's, like they just get yeah. to walk around and just talk and drink. And nah. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I, love, I, I did love when COVID hit and everything went. <laughs> Slide down, down a bit, yeah. Zoom and all yep. the meetings went, yeah, via the internet, which was great. I did enjoy that. Yep. Yeah. Um, all right, so after the BSF. 
Where'd you go? So after that, we basically came back into Brisbane and worked for a couple of companies and managed the business um, on the north side of business uh, of Brisbane. Um, and at that stage, it was time for us to go, hey, time for us to do it for ourselves. So we had a chat with mum and dad and actually branched out as Termite Doctors Brisbane. Mm-hmm. So we operated under that for 12 months and through me looking at opportunities and a different market, and this is probably the biggest thing that's worth everyone looking at is their local market because it does change. Um, so Sunny Coast is an hour and 10 minutes from my front door to, to sort of Sunny Coast and what I call Sunny Coast and not to upset you, Jay, that's that's Budrum and Mulba, so not the not the far north. No, we're we're <laughs> so, Noosa, separate cancel, mate. Yeah, Noosa. I know. Yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> we get our own cancel. <laughs> So uh, it's it's a very different market, and that's where I sort of looked at the opportunities and went, hey, it's time for us to rebrand. So 12 months in, we rebranded everything we had to coming out as pest doctors, um, and that was more about changing the, the way that we do business. So obviously my strength has always been in termites, but it was time for us to look at what was around the area. So where we're based in a city, we have a lot of issues with birds, possums, um, mosquitoes and yeah, a lot okay. of other pests. So it was time for us to diversify what we do. Um, coincidentally, five months down the track, COVID hit um, and it was the best decision I ever did was diversify um, because it meant that we had income streams that weren't the standard income streams. So I was able to buffer our work with some pre-construction stuff coming in as that really picked up because people were pushed home where our domestic work had sort of dropped off slightly because people didn't want us inside their homes. Yeah, definitely. Um, all right, so Pest Doctors. Tell us a bit more about Pest Doctors now. So we're, we're a growing team, so part of growth comes change. So we've come into a lot of different niches, which one of the key ones is looking at heritage buildings. Um, so we've picked up a, a fair few heritage sites. So we've been involved in the Queen's Wharf Heritage Project. So that's one of the largest redevelopments in Brisbane City itself. So we've been working closely with that team on managing their heritage buildings. Um, we actually found the West Indian Drywoods in the DKI building, okay. which that got fumigated only uh, December last year. Yep. Um, and that was all due to that process of finding that, and that's quite substantial damage that they've actually done in that building. Um, we also are very heavily involved in the Hurston Precinct, which is just behind the Royal Brisbane. Um, so it's the old nurses' quarters in Brisbane. Uh, and what we've done there is we've worked through an initial clean-out. So there was a heap of pigeons that were in that site, possums, rats. So we did an initial clean-out to allow construction to start. And now we're managing that with ongoing bird maintenance. Um, we've got a termite management system being installed there at the moment. And we're sort of looking at different ways to offer solutions to those properties that are outside our normal domestic four-bedroom home that we look at. They're a much different beast to manage and look after those pest issues on those sites. I know exactly what you're talking about, mate, as far as the challenges when it comes to heritage-listed buildings and structures. I know I got um, uh, involved in a heritage-listed um what was it? It was a bridge. It was an old train bridge or something. Yep. Anyway, it had uh, a couple of active copto mounds, uh, sorry, colonies inside the actual poles. Um, yep. And I've gone, oh, yeah, we'll just drill and inject them. And they go, oh, no, no, you can't drill them. The yep. heritage list is timbers. And I said, oh, well, just put an eight mil hole in it. That's it. <laughs> that yep. nut, they wouldn't let. So, yeah, I had to do a lot of proposals, a lot of paperwork, backwards and forwards, outline everything I was actually going to do. I just couldn't believe the amount of 
um, paperwork and red tape they had to go and hurdles they had to jump through just to try and um, just treat you know um, some termites in a pole it was insane it's definitely not a simple thing and you know it's part of having that paperwork and that was one of our things for coming into business was setting up that back end so we were able to take on those jobs and have all that documentation there to be able to follow through and do it adequately um, yeah. and obviously appease those different entities that are involved so most of those sites we're dealing with five different not companies but individuals that have all their own agendas that need to be met they wouldn't even, they wouldn't even let me screw a bait box to the actual pole yep and so and especially where you've got cop those in those those timbers where they're not necessarily in contact with the ground and they're getting water from rain and yes. everything else yeah. so we've dealt i've dealt with that personally on four different occasions with Queensland Rail and even Brisbane City Council on some of their bridges. So, yeah. yeah, it's a very different thing than we've ever been taught that termites need contact with soil. And in some cases, it's not always the case. And some of those bridges are very different to what we normally see. Yeah. Um, so on that particular one, they eventually allowed me to actually drill the splits in the actual wood. Yep. <laughs> and I just injected them that way. Um, yep. But, yeah, I couldn't believe it. So, yeah, I can I can sympathise, especially with bird work, um, with heritage buildings, they'd be really challenging. Yeah, it is. And it's still an ongoing thing and it's just de- doing what we can to reduce risk at different points. And that site in particular had 350 birds that we pulled out of in one night, pigeons. So it was a very large infestation by all accounts and everyone's shocked when we say that. Hey, so when you say pulled out that night... Removed, um, so they're done by a couple of means. So in that case, we had a professional shooter that came in, okay, yeah, um, and we basically went through and shot birds through there and removed them. Um, it was a very sensitive site, so we had to be very cautious with how we did it because of the buildings it backs onto, um, yep. and that was a another hurdle to jump through. We, it got cancelled probably three or four times before we actually were allowed to do it, um, just because of buildings that the hospital obviously backs onto. Yeah, okay. Um, all right, so uh, Pest Doctors, is it just you? It's, uh, it's grown. So yeah. we, we're, as we started to grow, my big thing was working out how we actually grow. So we actually acquired a business 13 months ago now, which is a building inspection business, um, and that allowed us to set up an office that we're able to manage our team out of with some good admin side that was able to do our daily bookings and things like that. Um, and from there, we've grown to a second pest technician truck on the road that's solely doing that. Um, and we're at the point now where we're very close to putting a training on and hopefully a second full-time technician in the not-too-far future. Okay. So, so just to clarify, so you acquired a yep. building inspection business? Yes. So we've got – so we've operated under two brands. So we've got Pest Doctors as our main business, um, and we also own if you've got building and pest inspections, which is a – an old suburb of Brisbane, so very similar to Brisbane City Council. It was one of the inner city suburbs that was here and it was known as Ithaca. So there's Ithaca Creek, Ithaca Hall, and a few other little places scattered around the Ashgrove area. Okay. So um, how does that work with the QBCC, David? The reason I ask is because... That's um, always a headache. (laughs) um, (laughs) Because I know when Jay and I first started... Uh, we kind of went down that path as well and we yep. were kind of subbing out the building inspection side of things, not realising that we weren't allowed to do that with the QBCC. Yep. And that's one of our hardest things that we deal with all the time. So we're looking at different ways of always managing that in the best way we can. So at the moment, we've got subcontractors who are here doing that. Um, 
and we kind of manage through that bit by bit. Um, and then we have to work around nominee supervisors as well that help with that. Yeah, because it, it baffled me how, I guess, yeah, we weren't allowed to engage a builder to do the pre-purchase inspection, but the builder can engage us as... Yep, um, and that's, I've had a few arguments with QBCC over that because it's a, a double-edged sword as a company that's got the QBCC. You should be able to get someone in who's qualified to do that task. Um, yeah, exactly. But they see it very differently, um, which, yeah, has led to a, a few heated discussions with QBCC <laughs> over that. Um, and it's just, it's different stories every time with QBCC. Um, and that's something that's a Queensland-based yeah. Um, construction Commission um, for people that are obviously in different areas we're saying these foreign terms um, and that's something that just licences us doing the work um, which is over arching uh, health licence Alright so um, up, I'm actually quite impressed so two, two years ago literally circumstances led you to lose a large portion of your business and you, and you rebranded and yep. being such a young business why Why did you enter Pest Manager of the Year Awards? And this is a very interesting one. So I actually entered or filled out the application last year. Um, and one of the biggest things I say to anyone that's ever looking at growing their business is it's one of the best ways to look at your business. So from the outside looking in, um, it was always set up in a way to help pest controllers and businesses grow. Um, and that's what we used it as last year. So I filled out the application. Um, it takes a lot of time and a lot of effort in doing that. Yeah. Um, and it, it allowed me to look at my business and go, hey, I've got some shortfalls in these areas. This is what I want to improve on over the next three, six, 12 months. Um, and we put a lot of those processes in place to improve, which led us to this year's application, um, which we were successful at to win as the micro business um, so we were very honoured with that outcome and it was a great little pat on the back for our team as a whole business yeah and congr- congratulations again on that but why, why do you think pest doctors were so successful in, oh, in I think it's the awards it's it's probably to do with the way that we've tried to set up the business we've really tried to make it a really good team environment somewhere where people want to come and work uh one thing is that we look at is very different work so it's not doing five four or five inspections a day it's a really good mix of you might do a bird job or a possum job or something in between that kind of mixes up the day um and that's something that we're different is really about that team um part of us growing so quickly was about really getting documentation down properly. So our standard operating procedures and our back-end office um, was really important to have that process and procedure set up properly. Um, That way, as we grow, we weren't trying to reinvent the wheel and pull in new CRM management systems and tools. We wanted everything set up so everyone that comes on has a very smooth transition and it's not something that we're changing things every month and the guys have got a new tablet or a new phone that they're trying to learn how to use and it was just trying to really set that platform from the beginning as a really solid grounding for the business to grow so who does all your admin so i've got a full-time office admin um who basically does our admin in the back end um I still end up working late and doing long hours, um, and that's something I say to everyone that ever looks at going out on their own. This, um, is, this is what I'm sort of thinking. I'm going over my head. You're saying you know, yep. you're putting all this work into um, implementing all these policies and procedures, and I'm thinking yep. to myself, when does he actually find time to actually do paid work? Yeah, um, and 
that's that's the joys. And today's probably a prime example. We've got one of our boys off sick today, so it's been me out doing a solar panel job and two active termite treatments today, um, yep. and then coming back in here to have a chat with you. Do a podcast uh, with me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> priorities. Which, which, yeah, which is the most important thing was setting the priorities up straight. I'd love to say I'm sitting here with a beer, but that'll be later when we get home. Um, and that's part of business is just juggling that. Um, and something that I am very guilty of is spending too much time working on the business um, and not spending the time with the family, and that's something that I – always pull back to and I've got to be more conscious of that so I love my family to bits and that's something that we sort of prioritize a little bit more now so I sort of at the moment it's not working as well where I am doing five days basically in the truck trying to manage things when we're out Um, I really want to get back to the point where I'm doing four days out in the field and then have a solid day back in the office so we can manage all these quotations and everything else that happens because at the moment it's doing a lot of night work and trying to squeeze things in the weekend when the kids are having a sleep and just juggling family and work life. Yeah, it's a massive juggle, isn't it, mate? Um, it is. Yeah. All right, and we've mentioned about, you've already mentioned quite a few of the challenges you face, you know, with growing so fast, um, you know, with QBCC and then also with juggling home life and, and work life and trying to just uh, wear so many hats and, get everything, you know, implemented. What are some of the other struggles you've actually um, faced, mate? Um, I think probably, like any business, there's always growing pains. Um, and you've just got to learn to adapt quick and sort of back yourself on your decisions. Um, we've all made decisions in business that we'd look back on and go, oh, was that the right decision at that time? Probably not, but you've got to just keep adapting and keep moving forward on those things. Um, and that's probably something that I've learned through helping other businesses grow, looking at other businesses all the time. And then obviously through my time at BASF, it's just really having a structured plan and trying to follow that. Um, there's always low-hanging fruits, which is a term that one of my great mentors taught me, um, which always seems very easy to jump off the path and grab that and try both it into the business. But quite often something else suffers when that happens. So it's really trying to be structured on doing business in the right way and having that plan. Yeah, okay. So speaking of mentors, um, yep. who's been some of your biggest mentors with? I'd, I'd say probably my two, and this will come into the rapid fire questions as well. And one of my greatest colleagues I ever had the opportunity to work with and still work with massively now is Stuart Patterson. Stuart. Um, he gave me the, the poll. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say it's been. It seemed a bit like that, and he's going to get a big head soon. So I won't <laughs> say too much on that. So he's a beautiful man and has massive time for everyone. Um, and he gave me my opportunity at BASF and mentored me massively. Um, yep. And with some of his changes that he's sort of undergone over the past couple of years, it's seen him come back up to Queensland, um, which has been great. So he's back in his home state and able to really grow and assist people um and my other one has been scott kleinschmidt so they've been two great people that have sort of helped me and pushed me out of my shell on things um and another one to his credit is david l moody yeah so between the three of them they've yeah and they've all pushed me in different ways and said mate you need to try this and give it a go and especially when you're sitting on the fence about things and that's that's all part of life is just backing those decisions and following it through yeah they're all all three of them are top blokes i have to admit they're yeah, they they're are great so, and, um, and and um, big big supporters of me too. They're they're great. Yep. Um, as a startup business, what what's been the most successful marketing strategies that you've found? Um, I've tried many, um, and I think that's like everyone. You try many different things, and 
I've tried this very simple high pages that everyone tries and in the beginning when you start the business you've got to grab whatever opportunity you can um, and one thing that we're lucky enough now to do is to be able to really itemize our clients and choose our client path um, and this is something that I learned from a business coach many years ago was about grading your customers so we've all got A, B, C's and D customers. Um, D customers are obviously Lots of callbacks, lots of returns, lots of phone calls, lots of headaches. Um, a work. customers are someone. Yep, they are. And A customers, we'd all love to have them every day of the week. They don't don't gawk at the price because we charge adequately for our service. And that's the biggest thing we are as a service industry. And it's betraying that service. Um, and that's probably what makes us a little bit unique is the way we position that service that we do. So we're now trying to attract more A, B and C clients, which are good paying clients that are happy with our work and happy to pay for service. Um, and we do try to deliver on what we promise. Okay. So what do you, do you do anything with those graded clients? Um, I mean, do you actually physically actually put an A or a B or a C against those clients' names and then go, th- go through your database and go, I need to cull out some C clients here. Let's, <laughs> let's, get, let's not send them annual reminders or... Yeah, or you, and it's it's probably something that it comes around at the annual reminder time where yep. you've kind of itemised those clients. You know which ones are the headaches, and and it may be something where you go, hey, that's got a ten percent increase on that from last year because of X Y Z. Um, it might be something where it's just maintained and you're happy to to carry on. Um, it depends on the service that's been there. Um, obviously, if we've done something there that has a five or an eight year warranty, we'll always advise the customer to keep that client. Yeah. Um, it just may be something, and we've even had to do it with clients where it's certain technicians that might go out because they've got a better relationship that they had an issue last year, um, and that's really where our CRM system comes into it where we can put that information in and identify who does that job in the future, Yeah. and that's something that sort of helps with that. So it might be that they might have been a C customer dealing with XYZ technician, but if we send someone else, they're happy and they're giving us raving reviews. So we just manage that client because personalities are a big thing in this industry. Yeah, okay. Um, so what CRM are you using? We're actually on Pest Register. Okay. So we're a little bit different to a few. We sort of identified early on where we wanted to go and what had what we needed. Um, obviously, as a single sole operator running around doing all the bookings on the phone and in the calendar, um, Pest Register was great where it allowed us to go out, book the jobs, the customer got the reminders, and it's sort of cutting out that back end of it um, and really streamlined what we were doing from working on the road. And now it's sort of with their more functionality they've got coming in, it's just made it a lot easier for us to streamline what's happening in our back end and run multiple technicians. Yeah, okay. Um, uh, so where to from here? What's the plans for pest doctors? Uh, we're going to keep growing. I'd love to say it would stop, but while, uh, while the iron's hot and I'm full of energy, we'll uh, keep pushing forward and keep growing the team and that's where we're at at the moment where our biggest headache is obviously with the local environment and COVID it's you never know what is just around the corner but for us we've said look let's keep growing the team so we're at the point now where we're very close to advertising for a trainee um, yep. and 
depending on what happens over that Christmas period. Um, we'll probably look at putting another second full-time technician on the road as well just to help with all the work. And obviously, with winning Pest Manager of the Year, it's something that kind of cements that we are a good company to work with um, and also for our clients to partner with as well. So that's something that's definitely helped our business. And we've sort of seen that with conversion rates on termite treatments and pest controls where there's a bit more certainty on who we are as a company and that's one of the biggest things with that award yeah so what did you do with winning pest manager of the year how did you make the most of it um, so at the moment we're sort of just going through those early stages um so we'll have some new branding that'll go on our vehicles um it'd be very standardized sort of marketing that'll happen um, with our presentation packs business cards uh, we've got plans to put it on our, our uniforms and things so it's, the guys are out working, people will see that brand and associate it. Um, we are looking at the moment of looking at some local billboard and signage um, just as a general brand awareness um, and associating that pest manager of the year back to that brand awareness. And I nearly actually forgot, mate. Um, yep. Winning pest manager of the year is uh, in your genetics, isn't it? It is. So it's a bit of a different story. So my father won the very, very first Pest Manager of the Year back in 2004. Oh, wow. Um, it, it was a very long time ago, and he'd be gutted if I told him, told everyone how long ago that was. Um, but moving forward, it's allowed him to grow his business, and part of that, he actually went overseas to Louisiana, I think it was at that point, um, and that's how we actually come back and started with sniffer dogs and grew the business from three technicians up to five, six technicians at that point. Oh, wow. uh, and that was a big thing for his growth at that point. So we're actually, we, from what I've understood through the award and it's many times, we're actually the first second generation to ever win Pest Manager of the Year. That is very cool. Very cool. So, yeah, just yeah it's back. a little bit different. Yep. Why did he go to Louisiana? Was that... It, that's where the conference was. So that was where the MPMA conference was at that stage. I'm pretty sure it was Louisiana. Um, wow. So hang on. Did he get um, sent with AMA? No, no. So it was it was, it was part of – so he won that, and I think it was the kick-up bum that he needed to actually – I think it might have been part of the prize back in the very, very beginning. It was for one person to attend. Um, Mum also went over with him at that stage, and uh, the way that they came back and grew and employed business coaches and everything else to grow the business, um, and that's really one of the big things with that growth was just identifying that they were on the right path and the business was, and that's a, a credit to everyone who's entered it um, and anyone who's ever become a finalist as well is that they are on the right path with the business. Yeah, I think if I can recall, they... I think the winners were able – they got a, a trip over to Pest World up until about 2014 or 15, I think it was. Yeah. So I was gutted by 2017. We, we yeah. never got a trip over to Pest World. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I forgot about that. So I'm sitting here thinking, thinking to myself, hang on, I even need to yeah. up the game here and send us some- – We we had to pay our own. <laughs> yeah. We got some prize money though. <laughs> but yeah, no, originally, exactly. Originally, I remember you used to get a trip over to Pest World with a $5,000 check. To- yeah. <sighs> Spending money at once. budget cuts. <laughs> yeah. T- times David, change. David, we, so. I'm going to have to speak to David and Multi about this. This is not good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. Uh, all right, I'm just backtracking a bit. So, yep. So, Termite Doctors, um, here on the sunny coast, yep. he, he had five or six texts at some stage. Yep. So, back in the in the early days, so it would have been around that 2000 and probably 
five, six, seven. Yep. Um, we had an industrial shed at Cunder Park. Yep. Um, so he had two office admin. Um, and he had multiple vans running around at that stage. Um, it got to a point where he was very close to acquisition through the GFC. Um, yep. And with that after change, he kind of went, look, we're just going to downgrade it and just turn it back to a family business. And that's where he is now. It's a little bit easier without managing the, the headaches with the day-to-day running of staff and everything else. Um, and for myself, that's where I went, hey, I really want to grow something and have a beautiful team around me and really reward our team. And that's sort of where we're taking the business and why we sort of rebranded under ourselves. And you didn't want to do that on Sunshine Coast? Um, it's We sort of set up. My my partner has always lived in uh, Brisbane, okay. yep. so it was something to that do that. Um, my heart is still always on the sunny coast, and I still love Alexandra Headlands like nothing else. Um, I'd never be able to afford to live there now with no. my property is. But, um, yeah, my heart's still always on the coast, but family life for us is in Brisbane now. Yeah, okay. Um, yeah, sorry to keep taking it back to your dad, but I, I'm fascinated. No, that's by, right. I'm fascinated by your dad's story because obviously he's based up where I am and we cross, yep. we cross paths quite a bit. And I never realised that Termite Doctors was ever that big. I always, always thought it was yep. just, he was just a, you know, a solo operator, single operator. But um, yep. yeah. And back in those early days, yeah, so when they were sort of around Moolbar and Cumber Park, there yep. was multiple guys and it just sort of got to the point where it was too hard to keep maintaining that. Yep. Um, and it's really sort of come back to, just something that was comfortable and we've sort of I've seen that with multiple businesses over the years where that sort of happened and everyone grows and with the growing pains you've either got to maintain it and keep growing yeah um, or it becomes quite hard to manage that yeah and your little brother he's still in the industry he still he still works with dad so he's still up there all the time and helping dad so that's what allows dad not to be doing the trenching all the time and the hard work that comes with termite treatments every other day yeah so um when you're not working, David, how do you relax? Yep. I know that it's hard to switch yeah. off. <laughs> it is. When you do switch off, how do you relax? Uh, and it's probably now it's more spending time with family um, and our beautiful kids and my fiance. They are um, that's more what we sort of. They are. Yeah, so, <laughs> and they are. And our little, our little daughter, she's a gobsmacker. But anyway, that's life. And it's going to be a big brother that's going to have to look after her for many, many years to come. So they keep us on our toes and obviously sporting achievements and things have dropped off now so it's more around family time and trying to enjoy that and business life as well so that's more where we're at at this stage in our life so your fiance she's not involved in the business at all is there any plans no so so carly she works somewhere else and she enjoys that so she sort of said, hey, it's not somewhere I have passion and want to be. Um, I said that sure Jay didn't will, listen. Yeah, I was going to say <laughs> there's going to be definitely a time when that changes and I, I don't push her too hard on that. When she's ready, we can have that discussion. Um, but, it's yeah, it's definitely the husband and wife teams do go great and we see that every now and then. It's, it's you need someone that we definitely bounce ideas off each other all the time, which is what keeps me sane. Um, if I didn't have that, I, my grey hairs would be showing more than what they already are. So it's, yeah, you've got to have that support around you, which is not just your team, but also someone to talk to and run those ideas off and being able to vent and get that off your chest to be able to move forward to another day. So, fiance, when's when's the wedding, David? Yeah, I won't go into that because that's that's the <laughs> one that, that she's been pushing asked? me on. So, <laughs> so we get asked that all the time, and we've kind of gone, "Hey, let's set up family and kids and 
our background has always been around renovating property. So we've been yep. lucky enough when I was a sales rep where I was able to renovate properties in the same time and that's sort of what allowed us to be able to do what we are now. So from a very young age, we've sort of been buying and renovating properties and that's what set us up to be comfortable in business and obviously living in a city. Um, and for her, she's gone, hey, I'd love a bigger house as the family grows. So we've said, well, let's achieve that and then we can look at the marriage again once we get past that. <laughs> Well, she sounds like she's the rock, so... Yeah, exactly. She sounds like a keeper, so don't leave her hanging too long, David. No, exactly. (laughs) I'd never do that. And Now that she's heard this, there'll be a time on it too. (laughs) Yeah, otherwise you're going to end up being a Shannon Groves and Tara. Oh, yes. How how many years have they been I heard that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Hey, listen, man, I did a bit of stalking on um, uh, on your website, right? Yep. You've got some pretty unique um, guarantees and and promises Yep. Tell us a bit about some of these. So probably our biggest one, um, and this is something that my father's been doing for many, many years, so I've got to give credit where it's due, um, and it's a unique zero, zero termite guarantee. So on our termite treatments, we basically, it's an overarching to manufacture a warranty or anything like that or even our insurance. Um, it's just something that we stand behind as an individual carrying out those jobs. Yep. Um, and I can put my hand on my heart and say using Termidor and using some of our baiting systems, we haven't had product failures with those products. Um, and that's for however many treatments. So I looked at it the other day and I was blown away. I can't pull that number back out because it would just be a lie. But um, what we basically do around that is we offer something that's a bit unique. So we said to our clients, if you do have termites come back in a property after we treat it, we will give you $1,500, rectify what's there and carry out those inspections for the next 12 months. So that's two inspections just to make sure there's no other issues coming through. So a little bit different. Um, There's obviously terms and conditions with that. It's not covering a cold joint or a penetration or a step down in a house where that's failed. Um, And that's about identifying each site to see what does suit with those clients. Okay. So that $1,500, is that the weekend away offer that you offer? Yeah, it is. <laughs> so, and that's really what we talk about. So it's completely up to them how they use it. Yep. And it's just something to give them a bit of peace of mind. Touch wood. And I've got to find a bit of timber in my office to actually touch wood. We have never had to use it. Oh, that's that, was, just that was going to be my next question. Yeah. If, how <laughs> so, have you had to use it yet? <laughs> Yeah, we haven't, and that's been a, a touching grace, and that's probably just due to the biggest thing is understanding construction. Um, yep. It's not something you can offer in every property, and it's not something that is just out there. We're very honest as a company, and anyone who knows us knows we're a very honest family, um, and it's just something that we have to be in business. Yeah, and as I keep saying, you know, products don't fail, applications yep. actually fail. And, you know, and, and I'll exactly. openly, honestly say we've had – oh be three or four failures but every single yep. one of those failures i pretty much predicted it yeah um as such. and you get those jobs and especially yep. through winter you take on those jobs where you go oh, i'd never touch this through summer but we yep. need we need that work and i need to keep the boys busy and i've had them i've trapped cop determies in a house twice um where we've actually trapped them in from what we've done yep. um and anyone who says they haven't just hasn't been unlucky enough to do that yet so yeah. it's each- all about slowing the process 
But every single one of those ones that I've um, that have failed and I predicted they potentially could fail, like I've literally said to the customer prior, you know, look, oh, I'm not feeling real comfortable with this. I'm not feeling it. Let's go with six yep. monthly inspections, and then sure enough, on yep. the you know the the next or the second or third six monthly inspection, we've picked up um, yep. active termites, and the client because I've basically you know. Uh, communicated with them all the way along. They go, well, you did actually predict this, so yeah, yep. and they've been fine about it. And every single one of them are still my customers. Um, yep. So yeah, I don't see them as being failures. It's just the treatment just didn't work yep. because we thought it was going to work. And it's and it's more down to construction. So if there's yep. a construction weakness that you can't get back to, and that's where it's about explaining that to the customer. And like you, I've had those jobs. Doesn't mean that they're jobs that we paid out on as such but it's jobs that we've identified that with a customer going look we need to start with this option and we may need to go down the path to these other options if these things don't work yeah um all right so tell us a bit about some of the other uh, offers and unique uh, points and differences that you've got i see here you got found same day quote or 200 dollars cash back so that's it's something a that's call, a bit different. Yeah, it is. And it's it's a bit of a tough one at the moment with no wonder you're sort busy. of staffing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, and this it's, is what I'm thinking because you said to yeah. me before, your plan yep. is to have four days out in the road and one day in the office yep. preparing those quotes. How are you going to yep. get <laughs> same yep. day quote back if you're only yeah. doing one day and in the office? And it's more about what we can do when we're out on site. So we with our quote process, we're a little bit old school, so we still do a handwritten quote on paperwork when we're on site. So we we really spend a lot of time on our initial presentation um, and that's one of our big things that starts to justify the service and the pricing. It doesn't mean we're the most expensive, but it starts to outline to a customer, this is the service offering, this is what I'm getting, I'm really comfortable with what's been there um, and that's our big thing. So we, I actually personally leave gaps in my day. So it doesn't mean I'm out on the road for 10 hours a day. It might mean that I've got a one-hour spot in the middle of the day or in the afternoon, and that's where we can jump on these quotes or jump on a builder's job as it comes in. So, And that's something we sort of move around with myself and also the team, so we're able to identify those and jump on those quotes. Um, it doesn't always happen where we're able to do it, and we have we have given the $200 discounts on treatments. Um, so you have, That's okay. just part yep. of business. Yep. So, yep. And we stand behind that. So if I can't do it and there's actives in and they've called us before 9 o'clock, we will honour that. Yeah, okay, cool. Very good. Um, anything else? Any other points of differences there? Um, they're probably the main ones. Yep. Um, it's Everything else is sort of just about trying to get the team to really own our jobs and turn up on time, be well presented and sort of really show that service offering to those clients. Yeah, okay. Um, so, mate, we've uh, we've all had at least one funny story while working as a pesty. Uh, what's one you can share with us? So I've got a cracker. Uh, it's probably something that I never, ever should have said and I told the office girl at the time, please never let this out. So we had a... A job where I was, I had five pest controls, um, which I thought were all in the same street. So you can already imagine where this one's going. So I started at whatever number it was, 20, jumped across to 24, jumped into 20 and knocked on the door. And the tenant went, yeah, mate, it's all good. I knew you were coming. Go through and spray. Jumped over to the one across the road and the office called me and said, oh, you're 10.30's just called us. Are you not getting there today? I'm going, no, I just finished that job. That's all done. And they went, what do you mean? And I said, what do you mean? And we both looked at our calendar 
and the girl said it was actually a street just around the corner. So it was the same <laughs> suburb. Oh, no. It was a street around the corner, but none of us had actually picked up on that when we were booking the jobs and doing it. I didn't see it in the morning. So, <laughs> so And when I was finishing up my last job in that street, the pesty who was actually meant to be there rocked up, and I said, mate, I've already done that house for you. So it's it's done. <laughs> so, oh, hang on. And he had it. <laughs> He had a good laugh. So it was booked in. It was booked in for another company to actually carry out that pest control on the same day we were there. Ah. I just got to it two hours before he got there. <laughs> uh, and you know what? One of the big things I drill into my um, trainees and my um, students, uh, my learners through Rapid, is that always, always, always confirm the details of your actual job. And yep. that is just a perfect That is exa- a prime example why. why it happens <laughs> yeah, to the best of us. It does. And, yeah, it was just a hot day working through, looking at this. And it was the same, very similar spelling on the street and yep. the same suburb. And it was literally in a run. So I was going 22, 20, 18, and then across to 20 or back down to 16. And, yeah, it just completely threw me for the day. And we all had a good laugh about it after, but I felt embarrassed on the day when I didn't. I went, geez, I never should have done that. But anyway, that's life. So hang on. So how many houses did you end up doing? So we ended up doing – so there was six houses that day that we did. Um, So it was a – it was a yeah, and they were very big, long days, and that was the way that company was set up. So they, yeah, it was a very long, long, strenuous getting through that. But yeah, you live and learn on those things, and that's why I said to my boys, I'd never worked in that hard. And same with our office, we say you need to leave them gaps, we need to give them opportunities, especially when it's hot. We need to manage through with the staff because getting out of a 40, 45 degree roof in and out all day yeah. knocks around the body before you realise it. Yeah, uh, no, that's awesome. Nikki, have you got nothing else for David? I don't think so. I had all these questions, David, but you answered them before I got a chance to ask. <laughs> you that's, did well. That's good in some aspects. So. <laughs> you made, you made my job bit, easy. Yeah, hopefully it's a bit beneficial for everyone. It's definitely enjoyable going out your own, but yeah, there's a lot, of, a lot of trials and tribulations across the way as you do it as well. Yeah, I want more people like you to interview. You're easy. Yeah. <laughs> Have you got any closing advice for those that want to start up, go out on their own? Don't do it. I guess this is, nah, it's, <laughs> I, I would never say that to anyone. Um, it's one of the big things that I always looked at, and this is especially for businesses starting out, it's one thing to be a really, really good technician, yes. um, but it's very difficult to be a very good business owner. Yep. So it's it's about what you put around you that helps you to grow. Um and that's something that I kind of looked on initially. Um, money's tight in the very beginning. Um, it's all great to look now and go, oh, I've got some beautiful flashy gear and you've got offices and everything else. Um, but initially it was about putting the money into the right areas as it came in. So it's not pulling it out of the business and putting it in your pocket. Um, to grow the business quickly, it's about having paperwork set up properly, so having standard operating procedures so we're all doing the same job, having paperwork for the office so everything's answered the same way the customers know the process and understand it and then also have the back end so we've sort of teamed up with a hr team that helps us manage that we've got a workplace assessment team that sort of steps in and looks at things as well and that sort of helped us get these really large commercial um contracts was by having that in place yeah um, managing pests is easy, and I'm awesome at that. Well, I like to think I'm awesome yep. at that. <laughs> managing a business is a whole new ball game, and you know, that's why yep. I, that's why I got Nikki. 
Yep, yeah. and there's many caps and that you wear every day of the week. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and that'll be our son and daughter, hopefully, moving forward in 15, 18 years. Oh, so. <laughs> third generation Pest Manager of the Year award winner, mate. Yeah, you we'll did. see how that goes. I'm sure my son will have different aspirations as I did. I wanted nothing to do with the family business when no. I was at that age, but you, anyway, you, we'll you see what work, happens. You need to work on that, mate. Yeah, start, start, he, start tried to come, he tried to come to work with me this morning, so he's got – work shirt already that he loves and he loves helping um so he would have come to work with me today on the bird job but it was a bit too risky putting him up there on the roof mum would have not been very happy with me <laughs> hey, i remember dragging yindi under a subfloor doing termite inspection when she was like yeah she was only young that's because i'd cracked the whoopies with you that day yeah so and i said you try working around young kids <laughs> yeah. he said fine i'll take her to work so i took her with me and took her under a subfloor Yep, <laughs> I was trying to do all the admin with, with young yeah. kids. Yep. Yeah. Um, yeah, it, it's a challenge with young kids, I can tell you that much. It is. We don't know. I don't know how we did at the start. Yeah. Oh, we had our challenges. Yeah. We, yeah, had our... yeah. And the funny thing is with our kids too, I had big aspirations for my son um, to yep. come into the business and, you know, take over the business. And I even remember um, Nikki went and saw a... What do you call those things? Clairvoyant, fortune teller? Uh, yeah, a psychic. Psychic. Went to a psychic. Yep. And she predicted that Wallace was going to come into our business, but he was going to work on our business. He wasn't okay. going to work in the business, he was going to work he on the business. He still might. And we might need legal advice in the future. I, yeah. sp- I suppose she didn't say when, did she? Um, but anyway, and so the, the, and I tried to, every school holidays, I take him out on the road with me, um, tried to get him in it, tried to, but no, nah, he's now finished school. Going to uni, he's doing a double degree, studying laws, doing criminology, um, and he's got no inclination to get into the business whatsoever. He still might work on our business, but it could be legal. In a different, in a different way. We could yeah. be in trouble in so many years' yeah. time. Or me. <laughs> with, yeah. these, with these podcasts. Yeah, yeah. I, I didn't want to say going. it, but yeah, that's where I was going. Yeah. <laughs> so, it's like a of, hush. Of bug talk. Yeah, yeah. Hush, hush topic. Yeah, I might need Wallace's <laughs> advice. Yeah. Um, and then surprisingly, Willara. Um, you know, she went to uni, did criminology, and we both thought that, and she worked part time in our business in the admin while she was at uni, and we both thought that she was going to. Um, finish her degree and then go into pursuing the criminologies, but she decided that, no, she likes working in her business and she's booted Nikki out of her office. And she's now the office manager and I'm actually stepping down as office manager. And yeah. Well done. Yeah. Um, and that's, then I reckon, that's a dream and aspiration of every parent, I think. Yeah, I'm a bit lost. I'm not used to it. I'm just like, this is yeah. weird. I don't have my own office anymore. <laughs> it's like yeah. I've been booted out of my office. And surprisingly, I reckon there's, I reckon there's potential in Yindi and there's hope for Yindi yet to come into this business, I reckon. Yeah, um, we'll see. All we need now is Willara to find herself a decent boyfriend and he can come, yeah. in, he can come into the business and, <laughs> yeah. and I, can step the plan. I can step down. Exactly. Completely. Uh, anyway, mate, it's gotten to that time of the episode where we get into our rapid-fire questions. Uh, this is where obviously where I ask you a series of questions. They're not necessarily discussion topics, but it's just a, a way of getting to know you just a little bit better. Um, uh, feel free to pass on any. Um, mate, what are you doing? I can hear you. Sorry, what's that? I can, what are you doing? I can yeah, hear what you. are you doing on your end, David? I can hear you. I'm sitting here on my desk and I wheeled the chair back. <laughs> There's some very That's weird noises is. happening. Uh, is there? Yeah, okay. Sorry, guys. Uh, anyway, okay. You ready, mate? All good. Do you prefer a beer or wine after work? I'm a beer man. 
You still there? Yep, you got me. Yeah, okay. I just lost you for a little bit there, mate. Sorry, guys. Beer. Beer. All right, cool. Uh, are you a morning or a night person? I'm a morning person. I struggle with the night shifts. Nothing like nothing else. Mate, what are you doing to your phone? You're going silently talking underwater. Go back to work. You had a few too many beers, David. No, not yet. That's better. No, it might have been my earpiece That's playing it. up. Don't move. I'm not moving. <laughs> Hopefully no one walks past the window and sees me. <laughs> All right. Uh, you an AFL or NRL? NRL. NRL. Mm, Queensland boy. Uh, yeah. City or country life? I'm city, but I love the beach. Yep. So that is my dream. Alexandra Headland. Yep. Yep. Uh, here we go. Are you a boobs or a bum kind of guy? I'm a bum guy. Oh, bums are winning. I think bums are. Yeah. Women. Bums are women. Uh, women. Bums are women. Jesus Christ. Yeah. <laughs> it's been a long. What are you doing? It's been a long day. <laughs> I thought of bum and I thought of. Oh, yeah. Next. <laughs> yeah. right. What's your favourite termite bait? This is these ones are going to be interesting. These ones coming. Yeah. Up. So I am Centricorn and Trelina. So, I'm a little bit, yeah, I'm a little bit of a new age. Yeah, well, they both got their own little uses, and we've got, oh, we've got 80 plus sites across Brisbane now. Oh, really? With termite baits. So, seriously? Yeah, mainly because of different sites. Um, so, I, this is something that I'll just divest a little bit because yep. um, everyone knows me as Termitor, and I stood there for many years, but I always back myself and I always say that. It was always around solutions. So we all have a toolbox and it was picking the right right product for the job. If you couldn't do it properly in chemical, that's what you needed baiting for. Um, yeah. And a lot of what we are in the city is step-down properties cut in the hills. Yeah. And that's why we have such a, a big split. We're still 60% chemical, but we're about 40% baiting. Okay, well, that just that just led straight to my next um, question: bait, yep. or ba- bait or barrier. So, yep. Um, and I am I am more of a if I can do chemical properly, yep. that's the way that I'll definitely go. But yep. if I can't, and there's construction issues, we fall back to baiting. Yeah, yeah, same, same. Uh, plugs or grout? Um, I am a bit of both, so it depends on the client. So I'll sort of swap between either depending on what they want. Yeah. Okay. Um, Favorite manufacturer. <laughs> Uh, this one here, it's a bit of a, a bit of a hard one, but I guess everyone knows what I'm going to say, and that's BASF. Um, you've got to stay true to your tattoo and your stamp that gets inaugurated when you get in there. I don't actually have a tattoo, but it would say, have been get- close. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's something we always joke about, but it doesn't happen. So it'll be something that everyone needs to start asking Lee as he comes around. So. Yeah. Um, well, here you go. Who's your favourite rep then? <laughs> so this one here, and this is probably more down to my mentor. So it'll be Stewie Patterson from FMC, um, and one that I, one that I love. Controversial. Is Scott so yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, we'll, you know, I got a man crush on Scott Kleinsmith. Yeah, I know. So mm. all right, uh, flow meter or stopwatch. Um, flow meter for me um, and for the guys as well. Um, we check it with what's going out of the tanks. We run 150-litre tanks. Yep. So we can always calibrate it as we're going as yeah, well. Yeah, double check. Double check. Yep. yep. Uh, backpack or bulk tank? Um, backpack. Yep. Clockwise or anti-clockwise when you're inspecting? This one here is a pretty simple one. So it's anti-clockwise. Um, and like you always say it, so you can have your equipment in your other hand and yeah. Tap and check as you go on. It's amazing. I keep asking this question. It's amazing people go, oh, I'll go either way. Yeah. How can you go yep. either way? 
and and I do, and it's more because of my guys. So if I'm out with one of the guys, I'll let them go which way they're comfortable. Yeah, um, okay. And obviously when you've been doing it as long, you kind of fall into your processes and you know what you're looking for as you're going. Yeah. Um, but definitely if I walk into a room on my own, it'll be anti-clockwise. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Uh, rapid or Weimark? Um, rapids. Yep. Domestic or commercial, do you prefer? Um, I'm pretty much a bit of a split. Um, our business is a lot more domestic, but we are growing into a lot more commercial. Um, not as your cafe commercial, but more as your, your bird proofing and large scale um, pre construction works on those commercial sites. Yeah, okay. So in that case, then uh, post construction or pre construction in your termite work? So we are we're an eighty twenty split. So we do eighty percent post construction, yep. um, and we've got twenty percent sort of working for boutique builders and high end commercial sites. Mate, I am super impressed that you know the percentage breakdown in all your work. Yeah, you kind of have to be over it, and it, it's you sort of see it with your ordering a chemical as well, um, okay. and that kind of just allows me to manage what's there and know what's there, and I'm sort of always looking at that and managing those numbers. Okay. Uh, so what type of work do you prefer, termite work or general pest work? I, I will always prefer termites any day of the week. And yep. At the moment, we're, we're blessed in southeast Queensland with the amount of termites that are around. I feel sorry for people that own property and clients, but it's just gone berserk at the moment throughout southeast Queensland. Yep. Um, Riga or B&G? Um, we are a Riga company. Yep. Garrard, Globe or AgServe? And this is one that I've always been very loyal to Garrard's and I thank them for all their support over the years and what they've sort of done to help us out through different things. And that's why I sort of stand behind those guys. Yeah. Um, uh, Queensland's got a very – Garrard's got a very big Queensland following. Obviously, this they, do. They, they were started up. All right. Yep. And, the, and the final question, mate, um, and you've been the technical guy here. I'm hoping you're not going to disappoint me. Do you call it an amphipod or a lawn prawn? Oh, I was going to really upset you, but I don't have the heart to, so it's an amphipod for me. So it's yeah, it has to be. So it's not a lawn prawn, like you say. It's never been. It's not a prawn, and it doesn't live in the grass. So yeah, good man, good man. I, I still remember the first time I found them, and I was very proud of myself to remember back to my training and actually remember what it was. Yeah, good man. You haven't disappointed me. Um, now, David, mate. I've had an absolute ball chatting to you. Um, a really, really good insight. I'm super impressed with just how quick, you know, how you've actually grown your business. Um, and I'm very, very keen to follow your career path here on in. Um, Nikki, have you got anything else you want to ask David? No, I'd love to catch up with him at some point, though. <laughs> it can He's definitely be arranged. And I think as, off, as off everything changes moving <laughs> forward, it's going to be more and more able to do that. So it's a shame the conference didn't go ahead this year, but. I'm very excited for next year, and yeah, it should be a good year moving forward. So, yeah, 2022. Let's it. hope it's positive and everything moves forward, and Australia gets back on its feet. Yeah, can't wait. So cool. All right. Well, thank you, David. Thank you for sharing this time, um, Nikki. Thank you, darling, for joining me once again. Thank you. My last one. I don't have to look at you anymore now. <laughs> I've looked at you all day. Last one for the day. <laughs> Um, and, and listeners, I hope you enjoyed this um, this podcast, giving yourselves a bit of an insight into you know how you can grow you know, a startup business so quite quickly. Um, and we'll catch you guys on another episode of Pesty Profiles. <laughs>